Greetings and welcome to the OK Jazz Podcast, episode number 150, Saturday, November 12th, 2022. My name is James Hussain Catchpole, Mr. OK Jazz, coming to you as always from the rough, gritty, and wonderfully fall-like streets of North Yokohama, right here in the Tokyo metropolitan area of Eastern Japan, the world's largest megacity. I'm a freelance broadcaster and music writer, and this podcast is pretty much whatever's been on my playlists recently. No borders or genres, just a whole lot of great tunes. Well, very hip, groovy, and strangely psychedelic tune to open today's show that comes from Brazil, and it was Bruno Moraes. That's the kickoff track to his wonderful album Poder Supremo. A tune called De Olhos Abertos Abertura, which in Portuguese means the opened eye aperture, like the aperture on a camera. Remaining 16 songs all deal with different aspects of consciousness and, to quote from the liner notes, the feeling of being at one with the whole world. But it's done with a very, very groovy, soulful kind of music, so it's not at all a heavy slog for boring mysticism. Poder Supremo, one of the more notable albums I heard all of 2022. And Bruno Moraes, he seems to work with very major figures in the music scene in Brazil for quite a few years. And this time he's created quite a special song cycle. Well, that tune's also a nice way to kick off part one of episode number 150 of the OK Jazz podcast, as I'm going to open the aperture just a little bit today. Celebrating 150 episodes, we're going to go back and hear some of the best new music I featured on the program in the last eight years, since episode one, way back in January 2015. All the tracks shared here today are from the 21st century, with most falling in the 2010s at least. And as we go back to this kind of best of OK Jazz special, along the way I'll answer some of the frequent questions I get from listeners, and even friends and family for that matter, about how I make the show, why I do it, and various other music-related cues. We'll go behind the OK Jazz curtain just a little bit in between all the great music. And I subtitled this episode up on the program page 25150250, through some mostly very unplanned symmetry. Last week was my 25th Japaniversary, as they say, 25 years since I first arrived here in November 1997. 150 is for the OK Jazz episode number, obviously, and 250 is last month I visited my 250th jazz joint in Japan. I was down in the beautiful town of Nagasaki in, in Kyushu. So I hope you'll forgive me for a little sentimental reminiscing today, and why not? I deserve it. So all of the music we'll hear today has been featured on a previous episode over the last eight years. Obviously, there was way, way too much for me to pick from in terms of really good contemporary releases since 2015. And even at 33 total tracks, I had to leave a lot of things out. So what we're going to hear today is not necessarily some kind of ranking of the best albums I've heard, or even all of my overwhelming favorites. I think it's more of a portrait of the kind of music that I love and love sharing with you here on the show. 33 tunes from 17 countries. Well, none of this music's particularly obscure or even hard to access these days, but we'll get into that a little bit later about how I find everything and sort of put it together in a program. Well, 32 more tunes to go. Let's get moving, starting off from the incredible musical powerhouse of Cuba. Earlier this year, for the Music Writer Exchange, 
Earlier this year for the Music Writer Exercise Challenge that happens every February, that's where you listen to one album you've never heard before every day and then tweet a short comment about it with your impressions. Well, I decided to spend the whole month exploring Cuban music in all its various forms and styles. Cuban music spread around the entire world in the early, mid, and 20th century. North and South America, Europe, Africa, even over into Asia. And even today, there are still fresh, vibrant sounds coming out of the island. Well, one such contemporary artist is Roberto Fonseca, pianist, vocalist, producer, band leader. Born in 1975 in Havana, he released his first solo album in 1999 and eight more since then, taking Cuban music in various new directions while always keeping in sight his Afro-Cuban roots. I saw Roberto perform here in Tokyo a while back and definitely one of the more memorable live gigs I've been to in the last eight years or so. Let's check out this great one by him called Agua from his album Yesun. Roberto Fonseca setting the groove out hard to kick off OK Jazz episode number 150, the 25-150-250 special, part one. Ikimasu!
soul in that one. It's a tune called Free Me, and it comes from J.P. Bimeni and the Black Belts. Their album, also entitled Free Me, came out in 2018. Well, J.P. was born in Burundi in Central Africa, but settled as a refugee in the United Kingdom in the early 1990s, as his family fled political difficulties in their home country. Well, I remember getting the promo for this album when they mentioned that he had a kind of Otis Redding-style vocals. I was immediately suspicious because you should never compare anyone to the big O. But once you hear J.P. sing, you kind of get that comparison. Well, I recommend this album highly, and they do have a new one out too now called Give Me Hope. I've not yet had to listen to it, but I'm going to do so soon and get something up here on the pod for you. That's J.P. Bimeni and the Black Belt, some really good modern soul. Well, speaking of soul and great vocalists, I know that I speak in hyperbole on this show a lot, and in real life too all the time, I've been told, but seriously, Gregory Porter may be the single best singer I've ever heard perform live. His total mastery of all black American music, from jazz to gospel, blues to soul, I mean, I still get chills thinking of him singing a cappella on stage back at the Blue Note Club here about seven years ago. Well, Gregory was a very late bloomer on the international music scene. He'd been singing locally and regularly with his still-together band for many years, but only made his major label debut in 2013, when he was already 41 years old. Well, I remember hearing it and just being completely overwhelmed. And if you're a regular OK Jazz listener, you'll know that jazz vocalists in particular are not really my thing usually. But Porter is actually way more than just a jazz singer. And I also really love that most of the songs on his albums are his own originals and not just the same old standards. So it's really great to see him now becoming a superstar, winning Grammys and playing at festivals and concert halls around the world. So let's check out one from that 2013 major label debut album, Liquid Spirit. This is Gregory Porter with what could be a kind of a theme song for him, I think. It's called Musical Genocide. Mm-hmm. I do not agree. This is not for me, no Musical genocide I will not commit Nor will I submit to Musical genocide This is not for me I won't let it be, no Musical genocide Give me a blues song Tell the world what's wrong And the gospel sang Giving those messages of love Whoa, and the soul man With your heart in the palm of his hand Singing his stories of love and pain Oh, I do not agree I do not agree, this is not for me, no, musical genocide. I will not commit, nor will I submit to musical genocide. This is not for me, I won't let it be, no, musical genocide. Give me a blues song Tell the world what's wrong And what about the gospel sing 
heavenly messages of love and Tem um cheiro de mufete, a sobrada mulher. 
Southwest Africa. Bongo was actually a track and field athlete when he was young and quite successful too, competing in the Olympics. Well, thankfully for us, he then switched to music and we we're all the better for it. He spent many years in exile away from the Portuguese dictatorship who didn't appreciate the lyrics of his famous Angola 72 and 74 albums where he sang about the brutal colonial period. But eventually, times changed and he was able to go back home. He did settle in Portugal for quite a while, though I believe he goes back and forth between Lisbon and Angola now. Well, his latest album, though, Quintal da Banda, that we heard the title track there, maintains that amazing Angolan ginga groove. Bonga maybe is not such a huge star in the English-speaking world, uh, but he is a superstar in many parts of Africa and Europe, for sure. And regular listeners of the show are going to remember how much I love his albums. I've introduced him many times in the past. He turned 80 years old in September, and I've heard that he's not likely to do much touring anymore. So definitely one of the saddest uh, never-got-to-see-them-before-live musicians for me. I first heard of Bonga many years ago on a compilation put out by the late great British radio DJ Charlie Gillett. Charlie used to compile these two CD sets of world music tracks every year. Yeah, it was amazing how much I learned from those. And those are the days before there were so many music blogs up and no streaming services yet. Well, and that leads us to the first question today. How do I hear the music that I introduce on the podcast? Uh, many people have asked me this over the years, and I always say, I mean, look, it really varies. Uh, if it's some older jazz or soul or blues tune or, you know, something that's just in my collection of CDs or vinyl, that's really easy to just pull off the shelf. But for the new music, there's of course some music magazines that I read regularly, like Downbeat and Songlines, covering jazz and world music. There's several musical websites and blogs I check out pretty much daily. Um, the Afropop Worldwide podcast is essential. It's not just music from Africa, but the entire African diaspora, so it covers almost half the world. If you're not already familiar with them, please go to afropopworldwide.com and check out their remarkable archive of podcasts and interviews. It's a real education there. Of course, there's Twitter as well. I'm a big Twitter guy. It's my favorite social media channel, and I would say there's probably about 30 or 40 people that I regularly check for their posts on new music, whatever they're listening to. Um, you know, people are right to crush social media outlets for all the bullying and misinformation, but there's also so much to learn from it if you just find the right path. So hopefully Twitter survives the current craziness going on with them. 
Well, there's also numerous and vital record stores in Japan that are still everywhere around the islands. I always come out with several pages in my notebook filled with album titles and new musicians' names to explore. Very special shout out to my very good friend Harada-san at El Sur Records in Shibuya, who every time I visit, he gives me a full lesson about whatever he's playing, whether it's Nigerian juju singles or how Arab and Persian musical traditions share some things but differ elsewhere. He is a completely essential teacher of mine. And just as important, I would say about five years ago, I'd been doing the podcast for a couple of years and we're starting to get some better listener numbers. So labels and PR agencies started to find me and adding me to their mailing lists. That's been a gold mine. I mean, I get in my mailbox at least 20 new albums a week. Now, there's no way I can get to all of these, but I do try my best. And it's been amazing getting all these new releases and reissues. You know, it's not only fun to just listen, but the amount of musicians I think I never would have heard of had I not got these PR announcements. It's just crazy. And of course, lastly, all my music geek friends here in Japan and around the world. I mean, we chat a lot about what we're listening to all the time, so I'm always writing things down from them as well. So basically, a whole bunch of different sources of all the music heard on this pod. Music is on almost every day in my house, though. A lot of that is just BGM. But I would say I get about an hour to 90 minutes a day of proper focused listening. Well, I'll get into the next steps of how an episode comes together a bit later. Let's get back into the music now, though, and hear from one of the most exciting musicians I discovered in the last eight years. And that's Fatumata Diawara from Mali in West Africa. Fatumata Diawara sings mainly in the Bambara language. It's one of the national languages of Mali. But her music is, oh, I wouldn't really call it traditional, though there are some traditional elements and instruments in the mix. It's kind of difficult to categorize music like this, but for me, I just approach it as contemporary pop from Africa, made by musicians who are thoroughly steeped in traditional sounds, but they're not bound by them, making something very fresh and exciting. I mean, this tune, Unterini, is as modern sounding as it gets, but also immediately identifiable as coming from West Africa. That's a mix I'm almost always going to respond to. So, here we go. It's Fatumata Diawara with honestly one of my favorite songs I've ever shared on the podcast. This is Enterini.
one there from an album I remember first hearing one night at the great bar music in Shibuya. As its name indicates, there are no genres in bar music, so you're likely to hear everything. Well, the owner Nakamura-san is a longtime club DJ and now compilation producer in Japan. And bar music attracts a lot of people in the music industry as well as overseas visitors too happen to be in town. Well, one night I was there, it was kind of quiet and I was having a little sleepy whiskey when this album track came on and I was immediately enthralled. You know, it's sung in Portuguese, but the musician is Mia Doi Todd from Los Angeles. An album she recorded called Floresta has her covering some of her favorite Brazilian tunes. Well, I hadn't heard of Mia Doi Todd before hearing this one. But she's a singer-songwriter with 13 albums now released. I was real thrilled discovering her. As singer-songwriter type albums are a bit of a blind spot for me. Not using many of them on any of my playlists. But Mia's voice and arrangements really grabbed me. Well, you can read all about her on her website, which has information on all of her music. And our Japanese speakers will, of course, recognize that her name, Doi, D-O-I, is, of course, Japanese. Mia's mother, Catherine Doi Todd, is actually one of the most famous Japanese-American lawyers and now senior judges in the United States, based in Los Angeles. All right, well, staying in Los Angeles and kind of sort of in the singer-songwriter genre... A couple years back, again, for the Twitter Music Writer Exchange Challenge, where you listen to one new album a day that you've never heard before, I decided to go in a direction that I never really do. It's into the U.S. pop world. I remember I was reading a review somewhere of the wonderfully titled album Norman Fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. Now, it's a little bit hard to explain why that title is so provocative, and it's not just because of the profanity. Americans are going to get it. But if you don't, look up who Norman Rockwell was and what he represents to a sort of an idealized version of American culture, and then you'll immediately be struck by that album title. Anyways, I had heard the name Lana Del Rey before, but never really any of her actual music, so I thought, why not? Let's give it a try. The album was getting such insanely positive reviews. Shockingly, I absolutely loved it. Later on, I read more about Lana Del Rey and the kind of persona that she created, uh, singing about a kind of lost and haunted California in many of her songs with troubled and complicated narrators. There's also a lot of public controversy about her, apparently, and many people think that she's kind of a fraud, but uh, that stuff doesn't really interest me. I just try to stick to the music. And what can I say? This entire album is full of mysterious and strangely touching songs. Certainly the most surprising entry into the OK Jazz podcast world, as I've been told by many listeners. So here is Lana Del Rey from the album Norman Fucking Rockwell, a song called Mariner's Apartment Complex. Sadness out of context at the Mariner's apartment complex. I ain't no candle in the wind. I'm the boy, the lightning, the thunder, the kind of girl who's gonna make you wonder who you are and who you've been. And who I've been is with you on these beaches. Your Venice bitch, your diehard, your weakness Maybe I could save you from your sins 
So kiss the sky and whisper to Jesus My, 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 you found this, you need this Take a deep breath, baby, let me in You lose your way, just take my Dale move, dale move, que si no move vamos a desaparecer. 
Getting the groove on there. Superb track. And it comes from Nico Demas, producer, DJ, and main man at Wonder Wheel Recordings, a label out of the New label out of New York City. He's put out a lot of music over the years. First becoming famous for his turntable on the Hudson Weekly Club Nights in New York many years back. Nico Demas now collaborates with many different musicians from around the world. Well, his music is always very groove-heavy, but with touches of Latin, African, and Middle Eastern musics, as, as heard on this track that we just heard here, called Immortales, Body Move. And that features the vocals of the Argentine trio, Femina. It's a really great collaboration between them. I remember getting this single, and then immediately going online to learn some more about both Nicodemus and Femina, and checking out their various releases. It's always a tune that I like to bring out when I DJ, too. Is if you can't shake it a little bit to that one, you're probably beyond hope. Well, I talked a little earlier about how I find all the music that I listen to and share here. The other part of that question that I get a lot is, how do I put together a podcast episode? It was not really a set to-do list, you know, but basically for all the episodes, I would say starting after episode 40 or so, 
that's when I really started to get a lot of new music coming in. I'll choose four or five tracks from any of the new releases that I'm digging. I'll add a couple of tunes from some of the old stuff that I've been hearing at home and try to then get it together in some sort of smooth sequence. Often with an underlying theme, though it's not always so obvious. You know, it could be there's a guitar focus or music from one particular country or whatever. I think usually listeners can pick up the idea without me explicitly saying today's theme is XYZ. So, from listening to the new albums that come in, from labels, artists, or PR people, and of course albums that I bought myself, and then rounding them into shape, and getting the playlist together, I would say that takes about several days or so to work out. Then I've got to sit down and do the notes. What am I going to introduce about each piece of music? I try to keep the talking to a minimum, really only about one or two minutes for each song. But it does take a lot of time to research about the artists and albums and reading all the PR material that comes in. Once I've done that, I would say about a week or so, I'll record usually on a Sunday morning and then edit the tracks together, put them with my intros and give it a listen to see if there's any glaring mistakes. Then get it online, do some PR and all the usual social media sites and voila, we're done. So all in all, I would say it probably takes about 14 or 15 hours to put one episode together. Now that's really not all that much time overall, so I don't have any excuses about not doing more shows uh, more frequently. But, you know, as you know, if you're a regular listener, I have a very, very strict regimen at night of Guinness and Orion beer drinking that I have to do while watching baseball and hanging with my dog, Sam. So, you know, I fit in the pod work around all of that. Look, if it starts to feel like work and not fun anymore, then that's kind of lost the point, you know? Now, it's more than enough blabbing on and on. You're here for the good tunes. That's what I shall provide. Up next, let's go back to West Africa. We'll be going there a lot in this episode, as you probably know. And this time, to one of the more thrilling groups playing today in the entire world. Basuku Koyate and Ngoniba. Basuku Koyate, he plays the Ngoni. This is a string instrument made of wood or a dried calabash. It is a very ancient instrument in the region, part of the Mande culture from at least the 12th century. As some have said that it's a precursor to the banjo in the United States. Well, that's a regular reminder. Almost all American music, even country music and bluegrass in America, has African origins in it too. But Basuku Koyate and his group, they don't play that kind of way, as you're going to hear on this amazing tune, which, though I can't understand all the lyrics, if you listen carefully, you can hear them call out the names of some of the most important African leaders of the 20th century, Patrice Lubumba, Patrice Lumumba, Nelson Mandela, Kwame Nkrumah, Sekutore. I think this tune is sort of honoring the legacy and the impact of these great leaders as African nations became independent. So let's have a listen. This is Tedunia Laban by Basuku Koyate and his group Ngoniba from their album Ba Power.
shape is that? And your ears are not deceiving you. That is the steel pan there or steel drum. The group is the Jonathan Scales Orchestra. Jonathan Scales playing the steel pan himself. Now, despite the name, they're mainly a trio on this self-titled album from 2013, but with some special guests dropping by, as in this track. Well, I saw these guys play live uh, several years ago at Peter Barrican's Live Magic Festival, held every October in Tokyo, and they just killed it. Jonathan has released six albums to date, and, you know, as you heard on this one called TNFJ, he's doing something really different with the steel pan. I mean, you can call it fusion or jazz or funk or whatever, it doesn't really matter, but it, it's certainly very hip and miles away from the usual steel pan albums coming out of Trinidad and Tobago, the birthplace of the steel pan. Well, I highly recommend you check out more of his work and really hope that these guys get back to Japan one day for some gigs. Just an electrifying group. Well, as regular listeners may remember, my mother's family's homeland is Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. It's an ex-British colony, although before the British it was held by Spain. It's an incredibly multicultural place, famous not only for the steel pan, but for carnival season in March, one of the three biggest in the world, along with Rio and New Orleans. Modern literature fans will also know Trinidad from the works of V.S. Naipaul, the great author. And cricket fans, of course, will know Trinidad as the home of the great Brian Lara, one of the greatest ever batters. Well, my mom and all 11 of her siblings, that's right, 12 kids in total, Indian families were not exactly doing family planning back in the 1930s and 40s. They were all born and raised in Port of Spain, Trinidad, the capital. And although I grew up in New York, uh, our home always seemed to have an endless stream of aunts, uncles, and cousins passing through from Trini, or those who had settled in the UK earlier, coming to visit us in New York. I think as a kid that this was just very normal, having a pretty much open house. My sisters and I still joke about our dear Auntie Maimoon who lived downstairs, who seemingly had the most distant possible people staying with her throughout the year. Well, living in Japan now for many years in a tiny Japanese house, that kind of open-door policy is clearly impossible. And to be honest, my own finicky, or as my kids would say, OCD personality traits probably couldn't handle it now as an adult. But part of me kind of misses it, you know? All right, enough nostalgia. Let's get back to the music again. As I mentioned earlier, one of the super benefits of doing my website, Tokyo Jazz Site, and this podcast, is getting to hear new music and meet a lot of musicians. Around 10 years ago, I got an email from a guy named Claudio Angeli. He's a promoter and a producer from Rome. He's very well connected in the Italian jazz scene. And uh, he wrote asking me if I wanted to come to a gig in Tokyo by the group The Berardi Jazz Connection from Italy, led by drummer Francesco Lomagistro. Well, they were playing at a rooftop bar lounge of the Bulgari shop in Ginza. Well, if you know me even the tiniest bit, you know that the Bulgari rooftop lounge in Ginza is not one of my regular spots, but I suited up and I went by, loved the group, and have been in touch with Francesco and Claudio ever since. And they've introduced me a lot more of the really extensive jazz scene in Italy too, so hope one day to hit the summer festival there. Just imagine that, summer festival jazz in Italy. Whew. Anyway, here is the Berardi Jazz Connection from their album A New Journey. This is a tune called Follow Me.
city of Philadelphia. It's bassist and composer Derek Hodge from his album Live Today, recorded in 2013. Now, Derek is well known playing with people like Terry Lynn Carrington and Robert Glasper. He's released three albums as a leader, though, to date, and I think that they're all superb. In fact, I'd rate them a lot higher than Glasper's albums, to be honest. 
You know, it's funny and also annoying at times how in the mainstream media, almost like clockwork every five years or so, they will embrace someone from the jazz world and hold them up as a kind of a savior to bring jazz to a new generation. They did it with Glasper. They've done it with Kamasi Washington. Years ago, they did it with Wynton Marsalis. Well, not only is that unfair to the artists that it happens to in question, putting a lot of pressure on them, but it also overlooks sometimes the really great work being done by others who never get that media profile and the money that goes with it. So I think someone like Derek Hodge should really be more widely appreciated for his, not only his great bass playing on other people's albums, but his work as a composer and leader on his own releases. Well, let's keep going with some more contemporary jazz along those lines from someone I now have four albums by, and they're all excellent. It's Chip Wickham, originally from the UK, but for years he's been living in various places like Spain and in the Middle East. Chip was involved in the UK jazz scene in Manchester for a while, but on his, most, but on his latest records he's kind of going off in his own distinct direction. I really love his playing on sax, but also flute, as on this very groovy tune. This one's called Snake Eyes, from Chip's album Shamal Wind, released in 2018, one of my favorites of that year. Here's Chip Wickham.
superb contemporary jazz there, or world jazz, or however you may choose to label it. It's from a group called Atlas Mayor, and they're based in Austin, Texas. Well, I discovered these guys a few years ago, and then started communicating online with one of the band leaders, Joshua Thompson. Well, the name Atlas Mayor comes from an atlas made in Europe in the 17th century. At the time, it was one of the largest books ever published, with over 500 maps of the world, as they knew it back then. Well, the band, as you could hear on that tune just now, called Cumbia Raposa, shows how they were inspired to take the name Atlas Mayor, as they have a sound that includes many different styles worldwide of jazz, Latin, Turkish, but especially the makamat, which is the Arabic modal system. It's used in much music from that part of the world, and Atlas Mayor's tunes as well. Well, I really fell for this group. This is the kind of contemporary jazz that I really dig a lot, so I highly recommend you check out this album, Riptide, where that tune comes from. But Atlas Mayor, they have four albums to date with a new one coming in early 2023. Stay tuned for an upcoming podcast episode where I'll introduce the advanced single from that one. It's Atlas Mayor. And again, I hope that we can get these guys over to play in Japan now that the borders are open. Okay, so I told you a little bit how I get all the music I listen to, how the show's put together. I one of the other last questions I get is, why do I do this podcast? Now, that question usually comes from people who are not really music fans, though. You know, people who think that there always has to be some sort of financial benefit to doing something like this. Obviously, I don't make any money doing the show. If anything, I lose money on all the hosting fees and buying music, etc., etc. But well, I'm more to make up for it with all the free access I get to gigs and the free music that comes to me. But best of all, it's all the people that I've met from around the world. From via both my website, TokyoJazzSite.com, and the podcast, I've been able to hang out with people from the Philippines, Vietnam, Singapore, Korea, Malaysia, Indonesia, Russia, Italy, Holland, Portugal, Brazil, South Africa. Sadly, not yet anyone from Congo. I really need to work on that, considering all the Congolese rumba I play, and of course the name of the program, OK Jazz, comes from the great Congolese band. But anyways... That's by far the coolest thing about doing the podcast. It's been a great way to meet like-minded music fans, many of whom have now become good friends. Look, I always tell my kids, if your sole reason for doing something is to make money, odds are that you're not going to enjoy doing that thing. That being said, I am taking donations now to fund my first trip to Brazil, so please do find me on PayPal if you'd like to donate. $1,000 US minimum, please. Back to the great tunes. Since this is kind of, sort of, but not officially a Best of OK Jazz episode, I have to reintroduce what is not just one of my favorite albums of the last eight years, but honestly in contention to make my all-time top 20 list, maybe even top 10. I love it that much. It comes from guitarist Jesu Mori Kante from Guinea in West Africa. The album's called River Strings Maninka Guitar. Well, Maninka is also known as Mandinka or Mandingo. These are people in the West African region spread out over several countries, including Guinea, Mali, Ivory Coast, and Senegal. Jisamori Kante was born in Guinea, but he's performed all over the region and in Paris, playing with superstars like Salif Keita and Sekuba Bambino Diabate. Well, in 2012, he recorded this album in Bamako, Mali. It's an all-instrumental set of his guitar and the lead. No vocals, which is unusual for this kind of album, which is unusual for albums from Mali these days. And it's beyond spectacular. West African guitarists from Ali Farka Torre to Jelimari Tunkara to Bartholomew Atiso from Orchestra Beabab, they've all become famous worldwide. And hopefully that will happen too with Jesu Mori Kante as he is easily their equal. This album is a masterpiece start to finish. 
So needless to say, go buy it at once if you don't have it already. And check out this tune called Nan Kura, some of the most spectacular guitar work that you will ever hear on a recording that really takes you along the Niger River in West Africa from Guinea to Mali, sharing so much of the rich musical culture of that region. Take it away, the remarkable Jesu Mori Kante.
Yeah, getting very heavy now. Music from right here in Japan. That's from a group called Dojo. It's a duo of Yagi Michio on Koto. That's electrified there and sounding a bit like Pete Cozy on guitar. And drummer Honda Tamaya. Now, they've released two albums together in the project Dojo, including a few special guests on several tracks. They're one of the more thrilling live acts I've seen in Japan over the years. And that tune, Texas Sushi, it comes from their second album, Ni no Maki. Well, if you're all interested in contemporary improvised music in Japan, you need to look up all of Yagi Michio's work on Koto, both as a solo artist and collaborating with various Japanese and overseas musicians. And Honda-san is a drummer all over the scene here. He leads several of his own groups and plays on a lot of other projects as well. Well, I don't get to as many live gigs as I used to, unfortunately, but certainly the jazz scene in Japan is still very active. Of course, although hit pretty hard by the pandemic. Well, we've got one more track to get to here in part one of episode number 150. This is a long one, and it's very intense, so strap yourself in for the next 13 minutes. The group is Elephant Nine, and they are from Norway in Scandinavia, Northern Europe. They play a kind of, well, a little bit hard to narrow down, but I guess you could call it a space rock or jazz rock or a kind of prog jazz. It's a little bit of all those styles you can hear in there. Well, I remember seeing this group in Japan at the Tokyo Jazz Festival years back. It was at the outdoor stage at the Tokyo International Forum Courtyard. Well, I was there with my good buddy Sean Smith, who ran the old Tokyo Jazz Notes website. Sean used to review all the new Japanese jazz albums. Well, Sean and I were blown away by Elephant Nine, and we noticed, though, that much of the crowd at the Tokyo Jazz Festival, which often tends to be a little bit older and maybe more conservative in their jazz listening, you could see they were not ready for the volume and speed of this group. So it was a curious choice to put them in the courtyard stage for sure, but we were really thrilled to hear them. So check out this live one from the guys. Their album, Psychedelic Backfire 1, is a tune called Skinkfugel Phonics. Don't forget, I've split this episode into two parts. So if you're listening via iTunes, you'll have to do you'll have to download both parts. It's also going to be two separate tracks on SoundCloud and at KOLradio.com, clearly labeled parts one and two. So be sure to get to them both. I'll see you on the other side. Now take it away, Elephant Nine. <laughs> 